Coming up this week on Geared Up, Smart Home 101. We're going to be talking about some of the latest devices you can use in your home to do all sorts of things. Make your from, home like the Jetsons. That's right. Raising the blinds, turning yep. on the lights, running all your appliances. Is that what you can from do? From anywhere you are. That's right. That's what this is. Smart locks, smart doorbells. We got it all this week on Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. You're listening to Geared Up on GeekWire. And let's jump right into it, Andrew. Okay. You've got here on the table in between us some interesting devices. One of them is brand spanking new. Yeah. This is essentially the Nest smart home lineup. Yes. For many people, uh, they may remember the the first product, which was a smart thermostat. The big twist here is that this company is now owned by Google. Right. So we're seeing a lot of services built into it. But let, let's give a rundown, sort of a history of Nest through yeah. the boxes on the table here. Right. So we've got a bunch of Nest products here. One thing I should say, as you mentioned, they're owned by Google. And some people since then have been kind of wary about Nest products because now, you know, Nest knows when you're home and when you're not. And they have constant video feeds into your house. And everyone's like, well, Google is just getting more and more information about me. What's their privacy stance? So that may be something to consider if, uh, you know, if you're worried about privacy, maybe Nest may not be for you. I don't know. But let's go through these products because they're all pretty good. On that point, I'm at a point where, you know, if you can improve your service to me by knowing a little bit more about me, you're I'm fine. I'm fine. You're I'm, good. I've, I've, I think this is the state we're all going to reach at some point. Echo anyway. Show drop-in. Who cares? <laughs> not the drop-in. Okay. <laughs> not the drop-in. That's where I draw the line. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> all right. So we've got the Nest Learning Thermostat. This is what they launched with. This is already the third generation but they all pretty much do the same thing. So you hook it up, and it starts learning your habits and your you know your preferences. So if you wake up every day and turn the thermostat to let's just say sixty eight degrees at nine thirty in the morning, it'll know you know after about a week to just automatically do that. And if you turn it back down to a certain temperature, um, it'll learn that too. If you do it on certain different days or the weekend, it learns all that and it starts handling it on its own. It has a, uh, a motion sensor built in, so it also starts to learn when you come and go. And so if you're not home, it knows, let's just kill the heat or kill the AC and start saving some money. So ultimately, the Nest thermostat makes it easier to use your thermostat because all those old thermostats, who knows how to use them? I've never known how to use a thermostat until I got one of these. Yeah, like the sort of digital readouts. Yeah, it, the digital readout has like flip down yeah, the panel. Yeah, flip down 20 yeah. buttons in there. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So for this, you set it up with your smartphone. You can access it from your smartphone and you can talk to things like Alexa or Google Assistant from anywhere you are. So, you know, you can be, let's just say you're leaving work. You can just pull up, you know, Google Assistant, hey, set the temperature to, you know, I'm on the way home, set the temperature to 70 degrees, and then it'll just start right there. So that's the Nest Learning Thermostat. I installed this myself. I'm not a handyman by any stretch of the imagination. So any of these things, you can, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Put it like that, because I'm, I'm terrible. I'm surprised I didn't, like, tear the house down. <laughs> then they came out with this one. This is more of an interesting story. This is the Nest Protect it is a smoke and carbon monoxide detector, but it's smart too. So it connects to your home network, and all Nest products talk to each other, by the way. So with the Nest Protect, anytime there's an alert, you'll not only hear it from the Nest Protect itself, but you'll get it sent to all phones that are connected to your Nest account, phones, tablets, etc. So anytime it senses smoke. Right. So if you're not home, you'll still get an alert on Carbon your phone. Monoxide. Yes, and if you have a Nest camera, you can then pull up your camera, see what's going on. It'll tell you what room it's in. If you have a, a camera in that room, you can look right at that room. So the interesting thing here, though, is instead of beeping at you, it talks to you. So it'll say, hey, smoke is detected in the kitchen. 
smoke is detected in the master bedroom, whatever it might be. You'll hear that alert from any room that has a Nest Protect in it. So they're all networked together. Now, the cool thing was it had a feature where, you know, what happens when you have a smoke alarm in your house and you start hearing it chirp? What do you do? Or, so, or it's just alerting. Yeah, absolutely. What do you so, got to do? I run and find a ladder. I yell at my wife and my daughter <laughs> to, you know, find a, find a nine volt battery is if, right. if the battery's dead uh, or I press the button if it's going off and, and, you know, it's just because of something in the kitchen. Right. So this was the original problem that Nest, one of they them, wanted to solve that, that they wanted to solve because yes. you could just wave at the thing. Right. You walk up to it, you walk underneath it because it's on your ceiling and you just wave that. You stand underneath it and wave at it and it would sense that and it will say, oh, okay. Like you're waving it off like everything's okay. These were no the, f- need. the first versions of this product. Right, right. Same one actually because they update these over the internet. So same version. There's been no change to the hardware. Um, what they found though because I thought that was a great feature because I hate having to get the ladder or the broom and like poke at poke at stuff. So what they found, though, was that if an actual fire emergency is occurring, people will just be running around waving their arms and like waving their arms in the air. And they would be inadvertently ter- telling the nest to protect that everything's OK, even though it's clearly not OK. So they had to remove that feature. Now, that was one of the main features. And since it's been removed, you know, to me, having had that feature and having had it taken away because I got them at launch, it feels like it's less valuable mm. now. But for people that, you know, are first hearing about this today, they, they see what it does and it's not as big a deal. So the issue was it would go off and people would wave their hands because there was a fire and right. it turned the smoke alarm off. That's correct. It was actually recalled in May of 2014. Right. So the recall was basically you could send it back and get your money back. Or if you didn't do that, because again, it's the same hardware, they would just disable it remotely and you would just hang on to it, not get your money back. But now you have a less feature rich thing. And some people bought it specifically for that reason. So- they wanted their money back. All right, so that's the Nest Protect. Nest Protect. And again, these are all now owned by Google. That's right. That's right. Now, the next one here, this is the Nest Outdoor Cam, or Nest Cam Outdoor, if you want to be specific about it. So the Nest Cam Outdoor is an outdoor weatherproof camera. So you put it outside. You mag- it, it's, it's held in place by magnets. So you can like tilt it wherever you want it to face. And... It'll start recording your outdoor, any movement that it gets, any movement that it sees. And you can have it then send push alerts to your phone, send you video clips when it sees stuff. Um, If you have someone, like a problem with someone stealing your packages or anything like that, you have a kid ringing your doorbell, you never know what's going to happen. You can see who did it with your Nest outdoor cam. Like I said, it's weatherproof, so it works in any, you know, whether it's raining or snowing or any of that. But the problem that I see with it is that you actually have to plug it into an AC outlet. So it comes with a very long cable. No battery. No battery. No battery. So what that means is if someone wants to walk up to your Nest Outdoor Cam and unplug it, they very easily can do that, and um, then it stops recording. Now, if if it's pointed towards where it's plugged in, which mine happens to be, then I will see the face of whoever unplugged, unplugged it. it but not everybody's gonna gonna have that so that's like a confusing move because a lot of these other smart cameras do have the option where you can choose i want to plug it in or i want to go battery power and um you know then you can just place it wherever you want you don't have to worry about being within range of an ac outlet all right so that is the nest cam outdoor yes the newest and in fact the new uh, uh, brand addition new addition in this lineup is the nest cam iq that's right 
indoor security camera. This is a $300 device. We've right. got it right here. A little more expensive. What does this thing do? Well, when you hear the term IQ, yeah. what would you assume that would mean? Some kind of intelligence. Intelligence, right. So this relies on cloud intelligence. It, it relies on machine learning from the cloud. So it'll record 24-7, but it sends the recording to the cloud and analyzes it in real time. So one thing it can do, for example, it has a 4K sensor in it, but it's always recording at 1080p. So what that allows you to do is zoom in up to 75% without losing any visual quality. It can recognize faces. So if I program it and like you come over to my house and I program you in, it'll know you as Todd, it'll know me as Andrew, it'll know my wife, etc. So if someone is in my home and I tell it I'm not there, who it doesn't recognize, I can say, if you see a face and you don't know who it is, send me an alert right away. Wow. Yeah. So again, that relies on Nest. It's called Nest Aware. It's Nest's uh, cloud service. And that costs money. It does. So it's either $3 per month or $30 per year. And so that's in addition to the $300 in cost addition of the, to the device. Cost of the, yes. So if you have a couple of these in your house. Now, that's only, it's one subscription for all your Nest devices. So if you decide that you want to have four cameras, it's just that one fee for the cloud service. It's not per camera. But yeah, those personal alerts, I think, are super cool because it also can recognize the difference between a pet and a person, too. So if you have pets walking around, they're not going to trigger any sort of alarm, whereas people can. Okay. Very interesting. All yeah. right. So this is the, the latest from Nest. My big issue there would be privacy, you, going back to your Google discussion. Right, right. I, that, that level of privacy or lack of privacy, I don't know. I don't know. You if just I said you to... didn't care. You just Maybe said I'm you going, didn't I'm care. going back a little bit. When it's, when it's actually like in my home, that's when I yeah. start to freak out a little bit. Okay. Now, is it because it's Google or it, is it just- A little bit. A little okay. bit. Yeah. If it was Apple- I'd be a little uncomfortable with that as well. I'm fine with them like knowing I'm home. Uh-huh. I'm not fine with them having Watching recordings you. of me okay. at home. That's sort of where I draw the line. And granted, you know, they would say it's all anonymized. You know, right. it's on the server. Exactly. Nobody looks at it. Nobody's peering in on you. I'm sure. Yes. That said, it's still there. Yeah, I agree. I all agree. right. Okay, we are talking about smart home technology here this week on Geared Up on GeekWire. That was a rundown of the latest from Nest, the smart home technology company that's owned by Google. We'll be right back to talk about Alexa and all sorts of other things that yes. you can do to create a smart home for yourself. You're listening to Geared Up, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Geared Up on GeekWire. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. We're talking all about the smart home this week, smart home technology, uh, lights, blinds, everything Locks, you can do to cameras. control your home with your voice or your smartphone. Uh, that's our topic this week. Uh, we just got done talking about the refreshed Nest lineup. Let's talk about sort of what else is out there in terms of major platforms for smart homes. It seems like they're all sort of based around the intelligent assistants and the yeah. the smart home hubs and the speakers these right. days. Some of these new ones are. So like there's older technology like Z Zigbee and Z-Wave that were the smart home platforms until we started getting like all these smart platforms with cloud services built in. So now... Um, it's really about what assistant works best for you. So what phone do you carry around or what do you have in your home? So it's, as a really safe way to go would be Alexa because, number one, they're very inexpensive. Echo Dot, 50 bucks, and that just becomes you know the start to your smart home communication. Um, and pretty much every smart home device works with Alexa. And then it's, like I said, so it's what's in your home but also what phone you carry. So if you carry an iPhone, you're going to want something that may also work with Apple's HomeKit if you want to use Siri to control things in your house. 
But even if you don't want to use Siri, you can just use Apple's built-in home app to control your smart home stuff as well. So there's a lot of options out there. And the easiest and safest way to get started is probably with stuff that works with Amazon's Alexa because you don't have, you know, it's a very low barrier of entry. So say you got Alexa, you used Alexa with uh, uh, blinds, you know, yeah. smart blinds. Could you then later switch with some of those blinds to a HomeKit powered? Yeah, you don't even need to switch. You can just, you can use them. So if you have something that works with Google Home, Alexa, and Siri, you can just choose whichever one at any time to, to use it with. Got it. So, um, so in my home, I have a mixture of things that work with Alexa. Alexa and Siri. So for example, I just got some smart blinds installed a couple of weeks ago and I can ask either Alexa or Siri to raise or lower the blinds. Depending and that's from on whether you're within earshot of your Echo Dot that's or right. holding your that's iPhone. That's right. Or if, yeah, or yeah, if I'm even outside the house and I'm like, oh, you know, it's getting late. I want my blinds to be shut. Um, I can just ha do it right from my phone. Got it. So that is one I was just going to ask, what are the practical applications? Like what would you suggest people do just as a starting point if they want to yeah, get so, into the smart you know, home? To get into the smart home, you have to figure out what is easiest for you to do because some things require installation. Like, like I said, I'm not a handyman. I was surprised I was able to install this Nest thermostat on my own. So you might want to start with something as simple as like lights, smart lights, Philips Hue light bulbs. You just screw them in like a regular light bulb and you set up a, a bridge, you just plug it into your router, and you can control your lights with your voice or with an app. Like, that's a good way to start. And then you can have your lights turn on and off at certain times of the day, and you can even start creating scenes. And the, the most practical part of the smart home, I think, are the scenes. A scene is basically, one example would be, I have a scene that says I'm watching TV. So I can tell Alexa or Siri, hey, I'm watching TV. And as soon as I say that, my lights dim in the living room, the lights, the lights turn off in the living room. The lights dim in the kitchen. Two lights turn on, and uh, the TV turns on and goes to HDMI three. Now, here's the thing: you should not have to tell in the ultimate, you know, technology panacea. You should not have to tell those devices that you're watching TV. They should know it. Right. Well, that's that's true. Uh, but when I say I'm watching TV, what it means is set the lights this way. Right. But shouldn't it know that you're watching TV and then know to set yes, the lights? Yes, but I that may way? not want the lights set that gotcha. way. Like I you only still want to want set that way some if manual I'm control. exactly. Like my wife doesn't like the lights like that. Yeah. So when if she's like not there, if well, she it should to know if she's in the room. <laughs> That's true. That's true. If she's in the room, do the lights this way. Right. 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 That that requires more of that this cloud. Is, this is AI. Cloud this learning. is like this That's is true. A really good example That's of true. how AI should work on our behalf. We're on the way. Um, the other thing I can say, now maybe it should already know this, maybe if I wear my Apple Watch to bed and it senses I'm sleeping, but if I say good night, so if I say Siri or Alexa, good night, it knows, make sure the front door is locked, make sure the garage door is closed, lower all the blinds, turn off all the lights, except for, and turn on this other one light. Okay, you mentioned the front door lock. I want to talk about this. Yeah. You have the August smart locks? Yeah, so August makes uh, three products. They make a smart lock, they make a smart doorbell, and they make a smart keypad, all of which work together. So it's all based around locking and unlocking your front door. So I actually, my neighbor has one of these. Okay. And I can see it across the courtyard in our complex. And the first time I saw it, I, and I, I know you're going to make fun of me for this. <laughs> oh, the first God. time I saw it, I was like, what? what is that? Across, wow. Because it would be green. It would be red. Right. It was, it was new. <laughs> like I've been looking out this window for the past, you know, six years. Right. Seeing a normal doorbell. All of a sudden there's LEDs out there. So my big question, because our, our my neighbor, 
has a son mm-hmm. who likes to run around and ring everybody's doorbell. Wow. And my big question on this was, could you switch off the doorbell if you wanted to? But the answer, I guess, is no. No. I mean, I, my, my answer is officially I don't think so. I've never had a need to turn my doorbell off. But what it does is it connects to your actual doorbell circuit. So that's why I don't think you can do that. So the doorbell works as a doorbell. When someone presses it, it rings the actual doorbell in your house. But then you also get a push notification to your smartphone. So you can uh, you can go into that notification and see who's at the front door. So, so it's really moment, a camera. Right. So the moment someone presses your doorbell, it takes a picture of them. And then when it sends the notification to your phone, you see the picture. And then if you want to talk to them or whatever, you can swipe on that. And then it gives you a live video feed with a microphone and speaker built into the doorbell so you can actually talk to someone. So like last week, uh, UPS, no one was home. UPS rang the doorbell. No one was there. My wife said, hey, I'll be back in 15 minutes. I'm just at the store. And the guy said, okay, I'll come back. Wow. So he left, continued doing his thing, and came back. He didn't leave the thing that says, oh, we'll come back tomorrow or whatever. We were able to communicate. Now, she also could have, if she wanted to, said, um, and I don't know if they would do this or not, but she could have said, I'm going to unlock the door for you. Could you just put it inside? Right. And then he could have just opened the door. You don't I don't know, know if, if they would, would do Right, it. for liability or whatever. But that's another option. So using a smart, a smart doorbell and a smart lock, it gives you a little more freedom. So let's say you have a pet. You have a dog. It needs to be walked. You have a dog walker. You can say when the dog walker approaches my front door with their nest with their with their August app on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays only between these hours, they can open the door. So here's a slightly uh, interesting, uh, this slightly uh, tangential story, but it's really interesting. Okay. Microsoft used to have this thing, and I think they still do the Microsoft Home on the Redmond campus, and mm. I've been going to this thing for like. 20 years, okay. it feels like. I mean, like going and seeing. And the whole idea was they were going to be showing what's next okay. five, 10 years out at the time. 10 years ago, Microsoft was showing a smart doorbell at this home oh, really? that did exactly what you're describing. Really? That's interesting. Where the heck is Microsoft in all this? That's true. Microsoft actually just announced something. Did you not did yes, you see this? Yes, that's right. Actually, now that you're saying this, yes. yes. They announced a new Cortana-based smart home thermostat, which... To me, at first glance, I thought it was ridiculous. Like, but but it actually looked like it was meant for businesses, not for not for like the average consumer's home. That's number one. But number two, who has Cortana? I mean, Cortana is a Windows Phone based thing and a Windows Ten based thing. You don't have that on your smartphone when you're on the go. No, right? But but you do have it on your. Well, you could have it on a tablet, I guess. They must. Yeah. But are they well, Cortana also works. They have apps for iPhone right. and Android, but so it's I not as it's it. not as integrated. No, it's not as integrated. So but this, but it's interesting to me because this, what I'm describing here, is exactly what Microsoft is now trying to avoid by getting their research groups and mm. their product teams more closely aligned. It should not be a scenario where Microsoft is showing what technology is going to look like, and then in other companies years, but come they don't in do it and, and do it. <laughs> right, especially a startup like August. This would be this would actually be a great story. I should go back to those to that coverage that I did of the Microsoft Home all those years and and look at you know yes. has the company actually done any of these things? Right, because all of that, them are common. Yeah, like the scene setting that that was another the thing. Scene setting is like, awesome. Yeah. But it was like uh, they changed the wallpaper wallpaper on the walls. Wow. So. At any rate, that's cool. I wonder if that place still exists. I, I think it does. Maybe we should take a trip there. Oh man, that would be That'd awesome! Be cool because I would assume that 
they always update it. So if we went there today, it would be showing what they think is coming. Yes, exactly. In, you know, 2025 need, or something. I need to That'd look into this. There's, I love how a lot of times these conversations just sort of spontaneously lead to story ideas. Yes. This is what it's like sitting around drinking a beer with uh, the other GeekWire folks. <laughs> I don't drink. Okay. Well, drinking some Soylent. <laughs> there you go. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. For links to everything we talked about, just go to geekwire.com slash geared up and look for the podcast of this episode. Thanks for listening to Geared Up on GeekWire, everybody. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Geared Up, the weekly tech and gadget podcast. Check out more of Andrew's reviews at youtube.com slash gearlive and follow all of our coverage at geekwire.com.